When you need milk for Zoe and a cold brew for yourself, Kroger Delivery will get you just what you need in as little as 30 minutes. Open the Kroger app and start your cart, whatever the cart. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Delivery time's not guaranteed. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. When you're a Boost member, you get free delivery, double fuel points, and lots more. Sign up at Kroger.com slash boost. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Radio! Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome to the X-Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, live on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon TV, and on shortwave. If you'd like to give us a call, one 877 That's toll-free at one 877 My email address is xzone at talkstarradio.com. On MSN Messenger, talkstarradio at hotmail.com. And our websites, www.xzoneradio.com. And you can watch, listen, and chat at www.xzonetv.com. I'd like to welcome all the members of the Exxon Nation who are now joining us here on the Talkstar Radio Network with their local radio station. Welcome to the Exxon, everyone. Today is a Friday. Well, it is in eastern Canada, anyway, in the United States, Friday, June the 27th. And on this day in 1652, America's first traffic law went into effect when galloping was banned in the streets of New Amsterdam, which eventually became New York City. In 1847, New York and Boston were connected by telegraph wires. On this date in 1882, the Bank of Japan was established. If you're wondering, yen, get it? Yen, when? Okay. In 1955, Illinois became the first state to require seatbelts. Today is Toby Maguire's birthday. She, uh, they turn 33. And the former presidential candidate, Ross Perot, turns 78 today. My guest this hour is Eric Stearns. Eric is no stranger to the Exxon Nation. And this is a... We're not going to be doing uh, psychic readings with Eric tonight. We're not going to be talking about what's the news, or we're not going to be talking about New Age spirituality. But I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story. On February the 10th in 2004 in Austin, Texas, a dog was stabbed. 
The accused and later convicted was none other than Eric Stearns. His story begins with that incident on that fateful day. It was later determined that he was the only suspect in the case merely because he was the only one to complain about a barking dog to his apartment manager. Later that day, his house was entered, and during his apprehension by the law, his house was searched with no plain sight probable cause. There was none. It turns out that the police never even found a weapon or tangible evidence and no search warrant. Now, in addition, his name and face were plastered all over the media. This didn't help his case, and his court-appointed lawyer would do nothing to represent him, thus landing him in jail for a whole year. Upon returning, he tried to connect with his old communities and friends, but found out that his name was so slandered by many prominent members of the communities. He was further accused of other things, one of those being trying to corner a child. This also was not the case, nor is there any evidence or any other official documentation to substantiate this claim. Yet these people continued to pursue him, sending slanderous and other attack-orientated emails to his contacts and venues that he performs at, plastering flyers and at places where he plays to educate the audience, intimidating him, etc. Yet... There are the same people whom, in the same breath, would tell you all about how they are in the modern burning times and how they are being persecuted. When we come back from this two-minute commercial break, Eric Stearns joins us, and we're going to be talking about this story and how it affected Eric's life and how it could indeed happen to you. Eric Stearns is my guest this hour when the Exxon returns on the other side of this two-minute commercial break. Live and around the world, right here on the Talkstar Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away, Exonation. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine like hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining room can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you're visiting, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, old Florida cuisine at its best. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. 
Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Are you interested in the paranormal, ghosts, UFOs, or psychic phenomenon? Join me, Tim Bartley, co-host of Talking to Spirits with Lightworkers Tim and Justina, coming mid-January 2017 to the XZBN. We will channel spirits live and talk to them, revealing all kinds of amazing information. Spiritual attachments will be found and removed on the show, and so much more. To find out when you can listen to Talking to Spirits with Lightworkers Tim and Justina, visit www.xzbn.net for listeners on both sides of the veil. Welcome back, everyone. Eric Stearns is our special guest. And uh, Eric, welcome to the X-Zone, my friend. Um, Thank you. Thank you for having me here. I appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Uh, Tell us how all this happened from the very beginning, would you, Eric? Sure, absolutely. Uh, Let me spell out the facts for you so that way everybody has a very clear, unambiguous uh, picture of what had happened that, uh, uh, that day of February 10th, 2004. Uh, it started, actually, it, it started a little bit earlier uh, than that. Um, I was up all night uh, working on several projects, um, and uh, this was kind of uh, during, the, during the times that I had worked for you as, as Bureau Chief uh, for the Egg Zone. And I was working on a couple of music projects as well as studying to get an advanced certification as a Reiki master and uh, so forth and so on. So I had been pulling about a 36-hour uh, straight shift. Um, around seven or six o'clock a.m. Uh, that uh, morning of the tenth, basically, I came to a stopping point and decided that since I had a gig that night and so forth and so on, uh, and I needed to do some traveling, you know, get some things that I needed for, uh, uh, you know, for the upcoming gigs and pick up my instruments, which were being worked on by a friend of mine, mm-hmm. uh, that I needed to get some sleep. So that's exactly what I tried to do. I went to. Uh, went and showered, went to bed about uh, approximately 6.15, 6.30, somewhere around there. Couldn't get to sleep because uh, right, uh, you know, crossing below from me uh, was a dog that was barking. And I was in a part of the complex uh, that I was living at the time, a part of the, that complex that allowed no pets whatsoever. Um, and that was, you know, partly the obvious reason why. Um, I basically did everything for the next two hours or so that I could in order to try to, you know, get some sleep, but but to uh, no avail. And finally, I was PO'd enough that I figured not only was I going to go through proper channels, but I was going to go through proper channels and basically get in their face and demand why somebody was being allowed to do this and, um, you know, people you know, who were also around me wouldn't be able to get some, any sleep either considering the fact that they were night shift workers. And so I went down there. Uh, I was told that, it, you know, the the uh, uh, the uh, guardians or, or keepers of the dog, whatever, uh, would have 24 hours to get rid of the pet or they would face uh, eviction procedures. Well, of course, this didn't help my case, um, at least as far as, you know, uh, as far as my predicament was concerned. So I promptly, after uh, basically just kind of, 
accepting what they had to say and not necessarily believing it, um, I went back to my apartment, uh, went upstairs to work on my uh, music newsletter, and uh, had gotten some work done, and then finally noticed that everything was a little bit quiet. I looked back down at my computer clock. It was 11.33. Uh, I remember that vividly because that was right around the turning point that uh, where something was was probably wrong, but I had no idea until later on. Um, so I figured I'd crash into bed, get up about 2.30 or so, which would give me about three hours of sleep, and, you know, I'd be good to go. Um, later on, I guess about a couple hours later, I wasn't sure exactly what time it was. I think it was about 1.30 or 2 in the afternoon. I got up uh, because somebody was banging on my door. I was expecting a package. I was thinking it was UPS, and uh, I asked who it was. They said it was the police. Um, I said, just a second, you know, I wanted to pull on some clothes. I was, you know, wasn't even dressed. And next thing I know, cops are entering my door. I'm turned around, handcuffs thrown on the couch, and they're ransacking my apartment um, and basically saying I was under arrest for a dog being stabbed. Um, Subsequently, they entered this, my apartment only with an arrest warrant. They did not have a search warrant. They had no plain sight probable cause. Uh, there was nothing laying around that was out of the ordinary. Um, you know, everything was pretty much, you know, clean, put up, and, you know, things were shut down. Uh, nothing out of disorder, so forth and so on. But they proceeded to look through my closets, my kitchen, everything. Uh, I was taken to uh, jail. I was appointed a court-appointed attorney uh, who subsequently did nothing, you know, even despite the fact that uh, he could have easily won that case. They had no evidence. When I asked him for what evidence that they supposedly had against me in order to indict me, um, he would not come up with it. He just came up with an arrest warrant affidavit, which I thought was pretty insulting to the intellect, to say the least. After doing my own research and doing a uh, case study and stuff like that, basically doing the homework for my lawyer, uh, basically it came to no avail. I was pretty much shut down. All the pleas or, or basically all the motions that I had filed uh, were denied. Uh, and so, therefore, I was subsequently, you know, pretty much uh, pinned against the wall, so to speak, uh, with a two to ten year sentence um, because supposedly a knife was used as an, uh, an aggravated weapon. And um, and I was told that if you know if I didn't plead guilty that I would get that if I pled guilty then I would spend another two months in jail after a ten month bout with the court system and but yet I would still have a felony on my record um, afterwards and and let me let me rewind this um, sure. you know there was no way that I could have climbed that balcony uh, supposedly where that dog was at for the following reasons one. I'm visually impaired. It's hard for me to see, you know, certain types of terrain uh, in order to step without, you know, either twisting an ankle or, or worse. Second of all, it was, and this is something that everybody can check, the weather forecast that day, we were under winter storm advisory. We were getting sleeting rain and, uh, or freezing rain and sleet, and, um, you know, things were already slick as it was. The third point is is that these balconies were made of diagonal slat boards. In other words, is that they went diagonally. There was no way to get a really good foothold, especially in the middle of thorny uh, bushes. You know, so how in the heck could I have gotten over that without injuring myself, or you know, or worse, or you know, or, or even killing myself for that matter? And you know, and stab this dog and get back over and get back uh, to the apartment. 
Second of all, as far as I was concerned, when I went to the management office and back from the apartment, I noticed that there was nobody around. They said they had witnesses. They weren't willing to bring those forward at all. So um, then I spent a year in jail, um, basically kind of in in the meantime being interrogated by guards and, and prisoners as far as what I did. And I got out, tried to reconnect with my communities, only to find that not only my name was uh, plastered all over the media, uh, newspaper articles and the like, uh, but basically there were a lot of other people within the community whose names I will mention tonight because they've gone forward to accuse me on public public websites, email lists, etc., as far as my alleged history with supposed animals. Um, it even blossomed to the point where these campaigns were becoming less and less effective because I kept finding new avenues to promote myself. But uh, then they decided to come up with a second accusation, uh, saying that I cornered a child and attending a ritual that I never attended in the first place. Why were you being targeted by these people? I think what it is is that, simply put, these people are very confused. Um, they're reactionary uh, pagans, um, not to, you know, tr- you know, not to totally broad brush the path, but uh, mm-hmm. these are people who have chosen the pagan path for whatever reason, and who have also brought over their issues from their previous paths and uh, are looking basically for a scapegoat, so that way they don't have to focus on their problems. Uh, the only reason why I was such a you know target was because of the fact that I was gaining somewhat of a stature, you know, somewhat of a notoriety because of my musicianship and uh, uh, you know uh, my dealings with the community and, and so forth and so on. And because I was a semi-public figure and then plastered all over the media, everybody decided that they were going to go for the fear and not look for the facts and basically go right after me, which is. Uh, very typical of, you know, both uh, the Council of Magical Arts, ESA, Earth Spirit Alliance, um, and U Grove Cups and other organizations around here in Central Texas. And I think that just because of that I was, you know, kind of well-known beforehand, uh, and they were already having, you know, their own little witch wars because of politics and so forth and so on, they decided that uh, basically they could place their blames on me and therefore cleanse their consciousness of anything else. Police enter your your place. They don't have a search warrant. They have an arrest warrant. There's nothing in plain sight. Um, <laughs> I, I how could they convict you if there were no witnesses? There was no weapon. That's what I'd like to know. Yeah. Constitutionally, they cannot do that. Constitutionally, when they went into my house without a search warrant, they were already violating my right. You know to. Uh, uh, basically having a search warrant, knowing what they were searching for, which is directly related to the Fourth Amendment, uh, which protects against illegal search and seizure. Um, and also, you know, being a, you know, it also violated in, in other ways the Fourteenth Amendment, but it was the Fourth Amendment that was continually violated. I don't know how or why they can get away with this. Um, my story is not necessarily atypical. It's something that you hear going on a lot about our uh, you know, our quote-unquote justice or legal system. And, you know, it just, you know, it bothers me that here it is, is that this can be done with such impunity, and at the same time that somebody who did not com- uh, commit this crime, it was not me, um, it can go on being punished over and over again, uh, you know, for something that he didn't do when the facts were never really borne out. 
Why do you think the public defender did not defend you? I, I think one is, there's, there's two reasons that I think are, are the situation. Um, one is, is that a lot of these public defenders are overloaded. Um, they are, you know, they're, they're, they have a lot of cases on their, on their plate as it is. Um, they're chosen uh, as public defenders for different cases because of the fact that they're on some sort of rotation. I happen to get this guy. And I just don't think that he really, you know, to be honest with you, gave a damn about uh, my case. And uh, um, I don't know why he did this. Um, you know, I asked intelligent questions. I did the homework mm-hmm. for him. I did all the research and all that stuff. This is something that he should have been doing. Why it is, I have no idea. Why. And uh, that attorney's name is Kyle Tom Lowe. I have no idea why why Kyle has done this and why he, you know, has chosen to take, you know, action in order to ruin somebody's life. I think that's incredibly un, uh, unprofessional. And I think, too, uh, the second reason is is that it was probably out of his own personal bias, which is also uh, against uh, state bar rules, if I'm not mistaken. His bias about what? About, uh, well, I think it's maybe it's about animals and stuff like that, plus it was on the media, you know, all over the news and all that stuff, and I don't think he really wanted anything to do with that sort of spotlight. All right, stand by, Eric. You and I have to uh, take a couple of minutes with the news at the bottom of the hour. When we come back, more of this very interesting story as the Exxon continues live and around the world right here on the Talk Star Radio Network. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. Our toll-free number is one 877 That's toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. My email address, exxonatalkstarradio.com, and on MSN Messenger, talkstarradio at hotmail.com. Two websites, www.exxonradio.com, and to watch, listen, and chat with the Exxon Nation, www.exxontv.com. This portion of the Exxon is being brought to you by Amira Soul Mystic. Her website is www.soulmystic.com. 
Eric Stearns is our special guest. And, uh, Eric, I have to ask you a question at this time. Did the police sure. or did the uh, judicial system at any time or even the uh, the district attorney believe or was there any suggestion that this was a satanic uh, killing, that uh, the dog had been killed for satanic reasons? I didn't hear anything about that. I have nothing to, uh, you know, I have nothing as far as any knowledge is concerned about that. Um you know, uh, it would just seem to me that I don't know what, what it was. Maybe somebody was pissed off or something like that, but I don't know if it was, you know, I don't know. I wasn't there. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just happened to get, be the one who was fingered for it. Now, once once again, you know, I, I, I believe that in our judicial system, you should have been able to confront your accusers. That's what I would have thought, too. So... Where did the system, why did the system fail? I, you know, I think part of this is is because of the fact that um, DAs and defenders um, are so, uh, I guess, I, to me it seems like, you know, and I, I could be totally wrong about this, but this is my opinion. Um, and that is that these people are, just basically there to you know to make money you know they they make money off of the prison system uh maybe not necessarily the lawyers themselves but somebody's making you know making uh, a whole bunch of money off of the prison system that's one of the reasons why uh supposedly why texas now has the state uh state jail felony or fourth degree felony statute um and it's because of the fact that uh you know they're they're putting more and more people in prisons and or on probation, uh, so forth and so on, and that's why plea bargains. You know, ninety five percent of the cases that go through the criminal justice system, whether the person is guilty or not, ninety five percent of them uh, basically end on some sort of plea bargain because they they literally tire you out. It's it's a war of it's a war of attrition. Um, the longer you're out, if, especially if you're on bond. Uh, it takes, and it takes just as long if, you know, it takes a little bit shorter, but it still takes just about as long if, if you're in, uh, uh, if you're in prison. And I think it's, I think really in a way this is, uh, money driven. Do you have any idea who actually killed that dog? I have no idea. This is really, truly bizarre. Yeah, it is. And, you know, that's why a lot of times during the day I ask, why me? You know, um, why me? Why why garner all this attention? I don't quite understand this, but needless to say, four and a half years down the line, and the systems, you know, the, this the, the situation still persists uh, with these people, and it just, you know, it, it to me it, it boggles my mind and it really saddens me. I mean, I look at this incident, and to be honest with you, I have no hope for the human race when it comes down to stuff like this. I really don't. How has this affected your life, your personal life, your career? Uh, in every way. Um, it's affected my music career. It's affected the, even my job search. I was uh, turned down on two offers, uh, one because of the fact that I had a felony on my record, um, even though I was willing to explain things, saying, hey, you know, I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, these were, you know, the circumstances. Uh, they won't hear of it. Um, you know, they see felony, boom, you're out the door. Um, same with trying to find a place to live. Um, I would say that, you know, these people, uh, these pagans, in, you know, with regard to ESA, CMA, and uh, 
uh, U-Grove and all these other organizations that I used to belong to. Um, I think with them, uh, you know, they just, you know, they, they like to play vigilante. They have this hero complex, and I'm just their perfect villain as far as they're concerned. Oh, and why, uh, they've why? never really asked for any proof. But why were you the perfect villain? I, I don't understand this. Why were you targeted by these organizations? Because it was a crime against nature, Rob. Because that's exactly what it was. It was simply a crime of nature. Um, I stabbed a dog. I supposedly, you know, uh, you know, killed one of the, the goddess's children and, and uh, uh, did harm and so forth and so on. And according to their beliefs, um, that's, you know, on the order of high treason. All right, but if you did not commit the offense, why did you plead guilty? Because I didn't want to be hit with a two to ten year sentence. I wanted to get back into society as much as possible. And when I found out that my lawyer was not doing anything, I figured, you know, that's it. You can't fight the system, which was a major mistake on my part. Couldn't you have asked for a different lawyer? I could have, but I've also had a couple of other uh, people who have been through the system, and one of them actually did fire their court-appointed uh, attorney and uh, was basically intimidated by the judge, uh, either to, you know, basically accept the next lawyer that was given to him or basically there would be consequences. There's intimidation that goes on. Now, you read the affidavit for the arrest warrant. Mm-hmm. What was the proof in acquiring the, the arrest warrant? Um, supposedly there, there was an eyewitness. Now, get this. The description was very vague. They just said, quote-unquote, that it was a guy in a green jacket. There was nothing as far as hair color, hair length, what the person was wearing, um, so forth and so on. It was just a guy in a green jacket. Well, yes, I happened to be wearing a green jacket when I, was, uh, when I went down to management, but, you know, I also passed about a half a dozen other people or a couple of other people that had green jackets, and they were on their way to work at the time. Uh, this was about 8.45 in the morning when I went to go uh, uh, to management to complain about this. And it just said a, a guy in a green jacket, nothing more, nothing less. It's public record. Anybody can look that up. And uh, that's all it was. And as far as I know, uh, somebody was coached into uh, to saying that so they could wrap up the case. These organizations that you were talking about, the pagan organizations, yes. Um, tell us more about them. Well, uh, <laughs> um, let me try to keep this as unbiased as possible. Unfortunately, I have very strong opinions about these organizations, but these are pagan organizations, or basically pagan interfaith um, organizations, Council of Magical Arts and, and uh, Earth Spirit Alliance, are basically two organizations that. Um, are basically for networking and uh, supposedly sharing of ideas and, and so forth and so on. Um, same with U Grove Cups, which uh, is part of the Universal uh, uh, Universal Unitarian Church. Um, the, basically, they're basically pagan outreach uh, organizations, is, is as far as that's concerned. That's what their function is. Um, if you ask me. I think, one, they've grown a little too big for their britches, and two, they've gotten a little bit too political because of the fact that one was an offshoot of another due to a schism earlier uh, earlier that year or mm -hmm. earlier the previous year, um, back in 2003, and uh, uh, it was a result of bad politics. And a lot of the same leaders that were in CMA are in ESA as well, and as well as in the U Grove. 
So unfortunately, we've got a lot of uh, a couple of uh, very hot-headed, very crazy people in positions of power. That, as far as I'm concerned, especially for a spiritual organization, should not be in uh, in any sort of position or responsibility. Had you belonged to these organizations? Yes, I did. Um, I was a member of CMA from 2002 um, up to 2004, and. Uh, uh, was invited back in late 2003 to be a member of ESA as well as uh, part of their core talent. In other words, a musician that would play at their uh, uh, festivals on a regular basis. As a matter of fact, I had even uh, negotiated a, uh, a at least a verbal contract with them uh, to play all, all five of their scheduled festivals that year um, and as part of my tour. And... Uh, but of course, that didn't that uh, didn't happen because of the ensuing incident. Do you have any idea, or any hunches, or any hypothesis on why you were you were fingered out for this crime? The only one that I have, the only one that I have, is basically that I was kind of a victim of magic. Um, unfortunately, I had um, relations with. One of uh, uh, one of, the, or basically, I was friends with not only uh, some of the higher ups in the, in uh, CMA, uh, but also another person who basically prides herself on uh, being kind of a man destroyer. Um, she talks about a lot of her husband, you know, ex husbands, um, uh, so forth and so on, being you know, uh, you know, uh, being destroyed by her in one way or another, um, and so forth and so on. I had parted ways with her, uh, banned her from uh, my lists because of the fact that uh, the list that I was running at the time um, uh, banned her because of the fact that I was getting harassing uh, emails from her, so forth and so on. Uh, and then one day I got a threatening letter um, saying that uh, uh, you're going to need, saying, "quote You're going to need me, or else your ship will sink." And I really, to be honest with you, have a feeling that. Uh, um, you know, and this is just something. You know, it's something that necessarily I can't prove tangibly, but I I can basically say that you know I'm sure that considering that she is uh, somewhat of a powerful magician, um, she uh, uh, she basically didn't necessarily cause things to happen, but I'm sure that some gateway was opened of some sort. One eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five is toll free. Eric Stearns is our guest, and Erica, the owner of the dog. What kind of dog was it, first of all? Uh, according to the newspaper article, it was a white Pomeranian, uh, supposedly a white Pomeranian puppy. Now, had you ever seen this dog before? Uh, no, I haven't. Were there other complaints into the super's office about this dog? Yes, I did. Um, when I went uh, to the management office, uh, management office, I found that there were at least two other complaints um, they said uh, that a couple of other people had called in. They already knew about the problem, mm -hmm. but uh, according to apartment, uh, you know, rental regulations and stuff like that, that they could only give 24 hours notice on that. So, let me, so after the um, after everything has been said and done, you've had a chance to sit down and and look at the events as as they unfolded. You know, like. Don't questions pop up in your mind like flags are popping up all over in mine? I've thought about this incident, I don't know how many hundreds of times. Um, I've, I've thought about the whole situation. Um, 
currently and when it started. Um, and yeah, flags do pop up in my mind. And I, you know, unfortunately, there, if I had answers to those questions, I think I'd, uh, I, I wouldn't be uh, making such a public plea for help as far as that's concerned. Did you go to the police department afterwards and say, guys, what, what was all this about? What was your evidence? I'd like to see my file. Um, I never really went back because of the fact that uh, when you plead guilty, there's nothing else that you can do. Um, you can't appeal it or anything like that. And as far as proving it to these other people and trying to, you know, get them to wake up and say, hey, you know, things don't add up here, uh, they've already made up their minds. They made up their minds, this, you know, uh, when, the, uh, uh, when the media stories broke on, I think it was February 11th or 12th, and uh, they made up their minds and basically made up their minds since then and uh, and have endeavored to make sure that everybody else's mind uh, parallels theirs. All right. All right, so just let's try and get this clear. Were you a threat to anybody within either one of these two organizations or a threat to anyone else? Were you doing anything that would tick anyone off? Uh, had you, you know, like, there has to be a motive. What was the motive behind this? Well, I will confess that I was... Uh, how should I say, um, asked to do psychic readings on several members of the organizations in order to basically figure out what their motives were um, as far as what they were going to do next for the, uh, against the organization or for the organization. Uh, basically, I was kind of intelligence for hire. And um, I think maybe if that, you know, if that came down mm-hmm. to, the, to the case, that's the only thing that I can say that maybe I did wrong. Um, you know, I, I basically was called on to, uh, uh, to do some remote viewing. I was brought in on several consultations, uh, for, uh, different factions. And, uh, I think that, uh, you know, I ended up taking the fall, you know, karmically for something that I probably should have known better not to do. Eric, stand by. You and I have to take our final break for this hour. Eric Stearns is our guest, Exxon Nation. He's going to be with us until the top of the hour. If you'd like to call up, uh, ask a question. Get a clarification, give me a call at 1-877-528-8255. It's toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii at 1-877-528-8255. Still to come on tonight's show, Cal Korf will be joining us from the Czech Republic, the beautiful city of Prague, after the news at the top of the hour. My name's Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon, live and around the world. We're right here on the Talkstar Radio Network. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Hi, I'm Larry Lawson, host of Paranormal Stakeout. With over 36 years in law enforcement, I have learned a few things. The most important is the proper gathering and preservation of evidence is vital to putting the bad guy behind bars. 
It's no different in the world of paranormal investigation, whether it's the search for the afterlife, cryptozoology, UFOs, and extraterrestrials. How we gather the evidence, preserve that evidence, and present it to a jury of our peers will make the ultimate difference in proving the existence of worlds and entities that are beyond our imagination. Join me, Larry Lawson, every week on Paranormal Stakeout when, along with my guests, we'll take a journey to prove with indisputable evidence what man has struggled to believe for centuries. Go to xzbn.net for the broadcast schedule and check me out at paranormalstakeout.com. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. That's Broken Glass by Ty Hall and the EC3, one 877 That's toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii at one 877 Eric, a question comes to mind. Now, you're a psychic. You do remote viewing, right? Right. How come you did not foresee this happening? And how come you can't use your remote viewing to go back in time to see who the actual perpetrator is of this crime? Any any skilled remote viewer will tell you that if you're too close to the problem, you're not going to get accurate accurate answers. Um, me being in the middle of this, there's no way that I could have gotten any accurate answers without my imagination getting away with myself. All right. Is there any other psychic or any other remote viewer that you know and trust that could actually do this? Um, not around here that I know of, no. Um, however, there was one incident where uh, somebody told me of one of the perpetrators of of this the rumor mill, and I never heard from her again. Um, and, you know, she said to tell no one, which I you know which I never did. Um, and uh, from that time on, she just totally disappeared. Uh, her email address went down. I uh, couldn't get a hold of her by phone. I had uh, both means of contacting her, uh, so forth and so on, and she just flat out disappeared. I had no idea what happened to her. This is truly a strange and bizarre case. Um, do you plan on pursuing the uh, the the actual perpetrator, the guilty party, and uh, clearing your name? Well, I don't know if that can really be done. Um, you know, and uh, you know, given the fact that there's so much time passed, but as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to go after the people who have been making my life an utter living hell. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, you know, if they want to shut, try to shut me down, they're going to have a hell of a fight on their hands. Um, you know, their biggest mistake was is that they didn't get rid of me. Do you think that was their intention, or was this a warning? I think this, that's what their intention was. I don't think that this was, this was a warning. I don't think that they're capable of that. What's your next move? Um, 
try to get the word out as, as much as possible. Let people know who these people are and, and what they're all about. Um, you know, in the meantime, I don't think I'd ever, ever trust anybody who calls themselves pagan or, or a lawyer again or both. Um, you know, it's just, uh, I hate to say that, but that's, you know, just the way that things are. Um, the accusation know. where you cornered a child, where did that come from? That came from uh, when I supposedly attended a ritual. All I did was on that day that I was not supposed to be there, according to a prior agreement, I wasn't. I just dropped off a donation to a uh, a benefit that, uh, or, or to a charity that I had uh, played a benefit for. Um, this ritual was uh, in part a benefit to them. I decided to, you know, basically uh, pay homage to that charity. Mm-hmm. Uh, dropped off a donation to one of the officers of uh, U Grove Cups, and uh, and who is also uh, one of the officers of Tejas Web. Um, I dropped off the donation, uh, turned around, uh, mm-hmm. left. Didn't really want to have anything to do with it, anyways. And eight days later, I get this call from uh, Stephanie Canada, who is. Uh, uh, who was one of the organizers of this ritual and who is also one of the uh, one of the figureheads, uh, not only of Ugrow but uh, of the other organizations as well. And uh, basically, you know, as soon as I picked up the phone, she's screaming at me and so forth and so on, saying that I cornered somebody's Eric, daughter. Eric, we, we've run out of time for tonight. We'll have to have you back on to uh, conclude this uh, very interesting and unique case. When we come back, Cal Korf joins me here in the X Zone right here on the Talk Star Radio. 